Hello, and welcome to the Energy Intelligence Podcast. I'm Alex Schindelar. I'm the President of Energy Intelligence, and I have with me the Deputy Bureau Chief of our Washington, D.C. office, Emily Meredith, with me today. Hello, Emily. Hi, Alex. So, Emily, I, I wanted to start um, with a question that's on a lot of people's minds uh, when it comes to the U.S.-Iran uh, buildup of tensions, which you've been covering very closely over the last couple of months. Um, what people are wondering is whether we are on a path towards war. Um, there was plenty of speculation in the last couple of weeks uh, that we could have been even minutes away from a large military conflict. But I think we've detected over the last week or so potentially a it could be a shift in uh, the U.S. approach or Trump's approach to to an engagement with Iran, so potentially a de-escalation. So maybe you can talk a bit about that. Do you see this as a realistic move from sort of build up to war to a potentially path towards uh, negotiations? So um, there are a couple of things at play there. First, Trump has always signaled, right, that he is not interested in a protracted conflict in the Middle East. Um, he's been very critical of the Iraq War, despite his very early support of the Iraq War. Um, he now denies that he didn't support it, denies that he supported it. Um, and and so I think, you know, that's, that's one issue, right? Um, but the Trump administration's policy towards Tehran has been um, pretty tough. You know, they they came in, Trump came in on the campaign, campaign trail. He was saying he didn't like the Iran nuclear deal. Um, he pulled out um, after, I guess, about a year ago. Um, and then the Trump administration decided they needed to go harder. They weren't seeing the changes that they wanted in Iran. Um and in the Iran government's behavior. And so they decided to really ramp up their um, economic pressure campaign. They call it their maximum pressure campaign um, with tougher sanctions beginning last at the end of April. Um, and that there, I guess I raised that because there are two, two players in this Um and whether or not Iran can withstand that pressure is is another issue. Um, now, the question is sometimes like, does the Trump administration want war? And I think we have a record of certain advisors, most notably John Bolton, advocating for military strikes in um, in Iran. Um, there have been these plans for a while. Um, you know. I guess Department of Defense, you know, strategy planning about like what, you know, what would limited strikes look like? I mean, these, these have sat around for years. Um, so those periodically get some attention. Um, the shift that I think is the most notable, and I don't know that it is, um, it's, it's hard to frame it as softer or more peaceful, but but Donald Trump himself has focused more in the last several weeks on um, the nuclear aspects of the deal, which obviously is chiefly what the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action agreed to under the Obama administration in 2015 um, addressed in its mainly addressed 
Um, there were a couple of other missile related issues in that agreement. But Trump over the weekend um, made some remarks and he really hit at the nuclear deal itself. And he said, you know, it's just not acceptable that they get nuclear weapons. Um, but that is really different from what the administration has been saying since last May. And what we hear from others in the administration is that this rhetoric about Iran needs to behave as a normal country. Um, and these 12, this 12 list of demands that Mike Pompeo laid out, um, in May of 2018 that really require Iran to fundamentally shift certain aspects of um, how it conducts policy in the region. Um, and and those were seen as non-starters. Now, uh, the other reason it's hard to know is, is, you know, Trump says this and he's focusing on the nuclear issue. And then two days later, his special envoy for, um, for Iran issues, Brian Hook, is out giving remarks. And, you know, he's pulling up, um, he's bringing up, some of these 12 demands again. So what could be a change, and we, we've seen this in the last several weeks, is Trump himself focusing on the nuclear issue. That, I think, limiting to the nuclear portfolio is something that would be easier for Tehran to think about. Um, what is not clear is, is whether that is something that the entire administration agrees on. And, and obviously the president is the one who makes the decision, right? But, but if you have people who are at a more functional level on negotiations, you know, still fixating on these other issues, that, that could be a little, um, that could be a little harder. Well, so do you think that maybe people have been over focusing on John Bolton and his past? and potentially interpreting sort of Bolton's worldview onto Trump too much in, in this period? Or or do you think there has actually been potentially some uh, change of direction where what Bolton was sort of saying and pursuing was in line with what Trump was pursuing, and then Trump has kind of potentially pulled back from maybe where Bolton would like things to go? It's a really interesting question. And I think, you know, short of being... <laughs> Trump and Bolton, we're not going to have a definitive answer, but, you know, um, Donald Trump himself has, I wouldn't say he's distanced himself, but he's been asked several times over the last couple of weeks, you know, are you with your national security advisor, something along those lines? And he'll say, you know, yes, John Bolton has my support, but he's not the only guy in the room. You know, I like John. He's kind of a hawk. I don't always agree with him. Um Trump has this reputation of liking to have a lot of diverse views. Um, I think that it is right to focus on the national security advisor's um, way of thinking about the world and America's place in the world. And, you know, at the end of the day, the national security advisor has a big functional role to play on how U.S. foreign policy is conducted. Um, but, you know, how, like like I just said, I mean, Trump is the one who makes the decisions. Um, you know, it is possible that Bolton's tough talk, I mean, Trump does like to talk very tough, right? This is very obvious. Um, it's possible that, you know, Trump 
liked where Bolton was at several weeks ago. And now that the cost has been raised and, um, you know, with the attacks on tankers, with the attacks on the East-West pipeline, um, with Iran downing a U.S. drone. I mean, it's possible that the idea of military conflict has been made more salient to him. And so the administration has stepped back. It's also possible that, um, you know, because Trump has this reputation of not um, not wanting war, not wanting conflict in the Middle East, not wanting the U.S. to, you know, essentially have another Iraq, that the administration needed to talk really tough in order to convince people that they were willing to go to war. Um, because, you know, military, the threat of military action does, is sometimes necessary to back up diplomatic um, engagement. And so, you know, it's, it's possible also that what we were seeing was the administration trying to make the point that, that, you know, yeah, Trump is reluctant, but they really are willing to do something. So let, let's put our kind of thinking hats on and, and knowing that we're, we're not really sure where this is going. Um, but, but if we can kind of set the parameters that on one hand, Trump doesn't really like war and that remains kind of a last resort, whatever the kind of public rhetoric is. And then on the other hand, you know, we, we've got this sort of idea that we will, that you could have some Iran and the U.S. would sit down and sort of magically come to terms on 40 years of conflict. What could some form of negotiations look like? How, how could uh, a process of negotiation go between the U.S. and Iran? So I think the biggest um the biggest factor is going to be what is in the negotiations. And um, like we talked about, if if it's the nuclear portfolio almost exclusively, then – and the nuclear portfolio almost exclusively where some degree of Iranian enrichment is accepted. I mean, what you're essentially looking at is a repackaged joint comprehensive plan of action. The, um, the Iran nuclear deal um, that was agreed to in 2015. You know, it's. It, I think that Trump likes, he wants to have something better than what Obama had. Um, if that's the process, you know, it, it, sorry, if that's the goal, then the process, um, I think, is an, it, it's easier than if, the Trump administration really wants to address, um, you know, ballistic missiles, if they really want to address Iran's, you know, what they'll call, um, you know, regional, like maligned regional action. I mean, those are harder issues to get to. Now, the Iranians have said they're not going to sit at the table unless the Trump administration offers some sanctions relief at the start. And I think in some ways, the Trump administration has given themselves a little bit of running room there um, because they have ratcheted the sanctions up so much, right? So, so you know, if the starting point, the starting point a year ago, May, um, was that there were sanctions on Iran, but Iran was getting some of the sanctions relief that had been outlined under the JCPOA. They were exporting, you know, about 2.5 million barrels of oil a day, um, getting the revenues from that. The, um, in November of last year, you had the snapback, um, 
in which their exports really dropped. And then um, we've had exports drop pretty precipitously, um, basically to all-time lows around, you know, under 200,000 barrels a day, I think, um, was a recent figure that we compiled. And so that um, that is a lot tougher for Iran. But then in addition to that, you know, you had sanctions threatened against Javad Zarif. You've had sanctions put in place against Ayatollah Ali Khamenei. And so um, the U.S. has essentially given itself more by, by being tougher now. I mean, this is part of the maximum pressure campaign. I believe that they're trying to affect behavior there. But but there are essentially more things that they can offer at the outset because specifically because they've gone so hard recently. Um, but so, you know, I guess one question is, does the U.S. offer some sanctions relief at the beginning? What does that sanctions relief look like? Um, you know, and both countries have to be able to package whatever negotiations are going on as a win. And I think that's really hard. I think that's that's hard for the Trump administration. And I think it's also hard for, for, um, for Iran. Well, it's, I mean, when you put it like that, you can start to imagine that potentially all of this has been sort of lead up to negotiations, potentially, where even the kind of threat of military action was part of this sort of pushing to the edge just to pull back again to kind of demonstrate everyone's serious, uh, put on extra sanctions as a, as a show of kind of, you know, well, we didn't strike you, but we're going to pile some sanctions on top of you. But but that allows you down the road to sort of pull those sanctions back off a very minimal kind of impact on the, the Iran's economy as a, as a gesture to even start things off. And, and you don't really give up very much by that because, frankly, that last round of sanctions, as I think we've said very clearly in our coverage, has been sort of token sanctions and not sort of, you know, not really increasing pressure much more than it already is. So, so potentially this whole thing could be a part, a large kind of, well, I don't want to say a conspiracy, but some sort of uh, dance or kind of um, uh, orchestration to kind of get where everyone thinks that they should be getting, which is a uh, sit down and talk with each other. Yeah, I mean, but I think that that's also what the Trump administration says they're trying to do, right? I mean, they say that they are trying their this maximum economic pressure campaign is the point of it is to change Iranian behavior. Now, I mean, the debate is over whether they want all 12 of those behaviors that they that Pompeo has outlined changed or or if they could live with fewer um in order you know to um in order to reach a deal. But but I think that's right. And I don't think the Trump administration, I don't think officials would, would argue with the idea that, you know, they're putting sanctions in place to try to get the Iranians to the table. I mean, they've said they, they would negotiate without preconditions, right? And and I think the administration has, um, has shown that they want to talk, right? I mean, Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe went to Tehran um, in order to talk about a way forward. Um, that didn't go so well. We had Asian-bound um, vessels attacked while he was in Tehran. I mean, that was that's really viewed as a rejection of of an overture sponsored by by Washington. What do you make of Brian Hook being in Oman? It's a great question. I mean, obviously, it's loaded and they must know that it's loaded, right? Because Oman was the site of back channel negotiations before. Um, 
what I will say is he was publicly in Oman, right? I mean, the negotiations that happened for years during the Obama administration, I mean, we now know about them, but they were done in secret. You know, you didn't know that officials were there. Um, so I, I think it's, it's an interesting message, um, that they are in Oman. Obviously the Omanis talk to the Iranians. They've played this role before. Um, you can't have an envoy for Oman go without it being about um, about Iran, right? That's not just a normal diplomatic house call. But Brian Hook has also said there aren't back channel negotiations at the moment. Um, so of course he's going to say that. That's of course he's going to. Right. Of course. Of course. But but you know it's it's hard to know the extent to which that is meant as a demonstration of look guys we're open and we're trying look here we are in Oman which is the capital of of talking about hard issues in the region um, or or if it's something real. Well, I mean, with Trump, there's always this degree of sort of um, performance and absolutely. Uh, and then nothing is sort of done unintentionally or or there's always this tendency to kind of make sure, you know, what he's done, what he does is, is sort of public and, and is publicly consumed. So, um, I you know, I think you made the point previously about, well, Trump's been very clear about the sort of want for negotiations. But I but I think really what ended up happening in the last year since Pompeo put out those 12 demands of Iran, which basically kind of required capitulation of Tehran uh, to actually meet them, is that people read into that, um, that the U.S. is not really interested in talks, is interested in regime change. And I think the U.S. has been very clear about uh, never saying those words about regime change. That's not really what we're all about, even though I think any thinking person in the in the administration would, would have a look at those 12 points and know that that basically means regime change. So, and, and then right. if you I mean, Bolton and others and the Israelis, then suddenly you start thinking, well, you know, that what they're really after is regime change, even though they say they're about talks. But maybe we should have taken them at their word the whole time. Yeah, I think that's fair, but I think it's also different people in the administration, right? Um, you know, they say they want a fundamental change in Iranian behavior. I mean, how much change that requires, you know, I think I, I'm not sure that the administration um, has a unified view on that. Yeah, and I think I think the question really is about what are the so-called red lines, and if they back away from things like missiles, yeah. Iran's regional sort of hegemonic influence, which which I think everyone agrees, and even if you're in the Trump administration, even if you're the sort of most hawkish Israelis, you, you know that it's pretty hard to expect Iran to have no regional influence, given how deep its sort of connections with with, with the greater Middle East is. Um, you know, if if you take uh, those things are sort of like, well, those are impossible without regime change. And so thinking about, like, how could we improve the kind of current deal uh, or, or the current sort of things that we can talk about, which, like you said at the beginning, tend to focus on uh, acquiring a nuclear weapon and sort of being a nuclear threat. There are more things that can be done within that could have been done beyond what was in the JCPOA to strengthen mm-hmm. that agreement potentially. If they're sort of looking at that package instead of the sort of broader package, which is what they had started with, then then suddenly you have half a chance of of having a, you know a common ground where it, it could potentially be seen as a win-win for both parties, 
because at this point, as we know, the Iranians kind of used up a lot of their kind of political capital sitting down with the Americans, reaching an agreement that then the Americans pulled out of. Uh, and yeah. so to get them back to the table will be extremely challenging uh, and it'll take a, a lot more confidence building to say that, you know, we don't trust the Americans at all because they bailed on us last time. Why should we trust them this time around? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that. That's going to be a tough, tough sell. You know, and it's also tough for, um, I mean, in order for Trump to do a deal that is essentially just a version of the previous deal that, you know, largely sticks to the nuclear portfolio. I mean, he's going to have had to make a political decision that the the criticism he'll withstand from the deal's detractors who, who understand the deal, I mean, in and out, that the criticism he's going to take from those people isn't going to hurt him politically. Yeah. Well, Emily, we're going to have to leave it there, uh, which is about out of time, but I'd like to thank you for your comments today. It's, um, as always, great to talk to you. Okay, great. Thanks so much, Alex. Take care.